0: You were locked and loaded to another episode of the Keep the Change podcast. And we've got Linda back in the hot seat. Linda Moore, uh, Money Mentalist from moneymentalist.com. After an awesome first episode, Linda, I'm excited and somewhat a little bit nervous to jump into (laughs) money and relationships. Ah, my favourite topic. I hear you have even written a book about this.
1: I have indeed, yes. Yeah, yeah. Did that
0: um, personal question... And feel free to just park this one to the side yeah, if you're no. not able to. But did um, did your interest in this sort of change when your it was your marriage, right? Yes. That When yep. you separated. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: that was actually the catalyst for the book. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So um, I, so <laughs> it's, it's in the book. So I'll tell you. So I've been married four times. Yeah, uh, I'm a repeat offender, um, and so this was uh, husband number four that went imploded in the $600,000 of debt, and pretty much our relationship broke down because of money. Um, there's just a whole heap of things that happened and we couldn't communicate about it we couldn't talk about it and we thought the only thing to do was to separate so we were one of those very much we were still very much in love Uh, we broke each other's hearts and counsellors and this is the thing with couples counselling 95% of couple counsellors do not talk about money when you're going through counselling. However, money breaks up about 80% of relationships. Really? So you've got this huge disconnect between when you go into a sort of a counselling scenario and the money thing. So that's what happened to us. We weren't asked about it and I didn't know what I knew then. So anyway, so we separated. Uh, And then uh, 12 years later, 12, 13 years later, I had a phone call and uh, Gaz, who was my husband, -husband, ex-husband, was in hospital and he was terminally ill. And so I went into the hospital, and I spent the last month of his life with him, and um, I had the privilege of being with him when he passed away. We had the opportunity that a lot of couples don't get, where we were able to sit there and go, how the hell did we screw this up? Yeah. How did we screw up this intense love affair that was going on, how do we screw it up? So we had all the conversations that we should have had 12 years ago. And those conversations were things like, he didn't know that my accounting practice was struggling because I didn't tell him. I was the money manager. I looked after everything. He had no idea how bad our financial situation was. I never, ever told him. And he said to me at one point, he said, Linda, he said, he said you didn't tell me this. And I said, no. And I, and he said, you know what? He said, I might not have been able to help you financially, but I could have helped and supported you. And I went, oh, my God, I totally screwed up. And then there were things that he did as well. Yeah. So being able to unpack what we missed and what we didn't do is the love story part of the book. So it's about money psychology and how you build a relationship with money as an individual. What happens when you go into a relationship? And the Gaz and Linda story kind of flows through that. So couples right. can learn all the things not to do <laughs> from learning what we did. Yeah. Um, and it's you know it is a we came to the conclusion would our relationship have survived if we'd done this? We weren't prepared to answer that question because that was just quite frankly too painful. Yeah. Uh, and then in one of the conversations that we had, you know, he kind of said to me, he said, you know, my life has been a Complete failure. I haven't. I lost you. I lost everything, kind of thing. And I sort of thought about it, and I said to him, "Well, actually, no." I said because if what happened happened to us hadn't happened, I wouldn't have become the money mentalist. Mm. So every time I work with a couple, every time I can save a relationship or a business, that's your legacy. Mm. So this, everything that I do, is really the. The, the legacy for Gaz. Um, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. so that's the story behind the book.
0: Yeah, oh, I think people might have to go and find the book. How do we find the book? <laughs> it's if on Amazon, it? so again, okay. there's a
1: link on my website, uh, and you can click and you can get it from cool. Amazon. Yeah. And
0: it's called Conversations of Money, a Love, a love story. story. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay, and so on that then, how come it's so hard for us to bring up these conversations around money with our with our partners? I mean, like probably deep down when your accounting practice was struggling, you probably knew that you wanted to share that with somebody mm-hmm. or and yeah. like what stops us?
1: So there's there's two ends of the spectrum. So at one end of the spectrum you've got couples who say, Oh, we talk about money all the time. Mm. And they're either yelling at each other about money, because money is so easy to argue about. And they use it because they might be masking other things, or they have very transactional conversations about money. Then at the other end of the spectrum, which is where Gaz and I were, we were we have your very much in love. Couples and they don't want to talk about money because they don't want to hurt the other person by maybe having to say things that. Might not are, are the difficult conversations. So we kind of had the situation where um, Gaz had his own business and that was struggling, and he probably needed to shut that down and go and do something else. So that was a very hard conversation yeah. as a wife to have with your husband, let alone as an account, you know, as accountant to a client. It's hard enough in that scenario because there's self esteem, there's ego, there's yeah, all identity. of those identity, all of those other things wrapped around it. They don't so, listen. Yeah. And so I chose, so I chose not to have that conversation and just yeah. kept struggling on. So it was because I was protecting him that we didn't talk about it.
0: And probably protecting your relationship too, knowing that that conversation could just end up with both of you hating each other or arguing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: so we went – and I I tell the story in the book. So at one point, we actually went and bought a puppy – and I remember thinking, "Oh, our relationship must be fine because we've just bought a puppy." We had more discussions about buying a puppy than we did the state of our finances.
0: Yeah, wow, well, yeah.
1: So that's the things that we do. We just mm. we just mask it and we just bury it. Um, so those are kind of the two ends of the spectrums where you sit. So once you actually recognise that there are conversations that need to be had, it's then well, how do I do it?
0: Yeah, that's going to be an next question. How do I raise
1: these things? Yeah.
0: Yeah, so how do we do that?
1: Ah, well, this is where – because generally there will be one person who is more open to talking about money than the other one, and it kind of falls on them to have the responsibility to do that. And if you suddenly go, hey, we need to talk about money and bring out the spreadsheets and you're spending too much and you're doing this and you're doing that and rah, 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 that's not going to go well. So the the easiest way to kind of start it is to detach it and talk about the third party. Or you might talk about, for example, oh, you know, look look at what's happening to our mortgage – We need to start thinking about this and then just stop Mm -hmm. and just plant little seeds and just give little tidbits before you start launching into it. Because if you've got a money avoider, for example, as a partner, they're going to avoid till the cows come home. They just will make up every excuse and get angry or get upset every time you try and have the conversation. So you've really got to understand and start navigating the kind of personality that you're dealing with. And you know your partner. You know how you can talk about other things. So if you raise difficult topics uh, about some stuff, then apply those kind of same things. But never talk directly about your own situation. You might talk about friends. Oh, they're they're planning on going on. Wouldn't that be neat? Uh, How are we going to do it? Yeah, I see. Yeah, sort of thing. And, and just start relating things back in that you're observing or seeing in others. And, and the other thing, too, is talk about, talk about your parents or talk about your grandparents, um, you know, in a fun way. Like I, I use lots of stories, that story about mum and dad and the, the pocket money thing. Yeah. Um, that's a really fun, easy way to kind of go, oh, look, my parents are so crazy, aren't they? What did your parents do? or if they're around, what did your grandparents do? Yeah. And try and get some of those little stories from the past to understand where you might be coming from. It's a process and it's a, it can be a long process.
0: Yeah. It reminds me of that story, um, and I'll probably tell it poorly, but – uh, you've probably heard it, where someone they do like a Sunday roast, and someone cuts yes the chops end off. the knuckle. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah what yeah. is it? what piece of meat is it? It's, it's a lamb. That's right. Yes. And they cut the
1: they cut the knuckle off. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it's
0: like, why do you do that? And they're like, oh, this is what we've always done. This is what our family do. My, yeah. my mother taught me this. Yes. Yeah. And that's how you get the the best uh, the best output of yep. the of the lamb. And then they go and ask the grandmother like you know what why do you cut the the piece off of the lamb and it kind of goes back three generations and eventually they realize that uh that the oven wasn't big enough to That's put right. the, lamb, fit the lamb into right exactly <laughs> so, and exactly. so they've all been cutting it off yeah, yeah.
1: and and so it becomes a, tr- a tradition yeah. you see so we have the same sorts of things and sadly one of the traditions we have is we don't easily talk about money
0: I actually yeah. heard something as well that when you have children it kind of messes with you a little bit, or well, probably a lot, but um mm-hmm. where yeah. they ask you why so often. Ooh, and then you yes. get to the realisation you're like, I don't fucking know. That's and right. you realise <laughs> you're like, Stop asking, I don't know. Like yeah. I just do not know. But you are oblivious to those things, but they want to know Yes, um, so much of that. Yes, yeah, yeah it is.
1: So look it's little baby steps. Um and, and some couples easily come together and Ooh. they just fit together and it's seamless. And I think that's absolutely amazing. I never see those couples because yeah. they don't need me. Yeah. Um, I get the en- the ones at either end of the spectrum where they're really kind of struggling with that whole process of how to have the conversations. Yeah. And there are, so sometimes it gets to the point where you've got to actually use some really formal structured communication techniques, particularly for those who've been arguing, because you get into this pattern of behaviour where um, the, the, the Gottman relationship stuff, like the four horsemen and contempt and the, oh, here we go again, and all yeah. that sort of stuff starts happening. So you've got to do some really structured like the the talking stick, you know, so I've got the stick, I'm in charge, I get to say, you know, and you've got to repeat it back to me and things. And it's really interesting when you do that how what you say and what I hear can be two totally different things. Yeah. And you're just not hearing each other. So, yeah, so there's some, and, and those are some of the things that if I need to, I will actually teach clients and actually, and they go, this is really weird. And I go, yeah, but you've got to break the pattern of behavior that you've had about how you've been doing this because it has not been working. Mm. So let's do something completely different. And yes, it is completely weird. And I know that, but we're going to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you work with quite a few couples that uh, obviously need your help. Mm-hmm. Are they... Like how far down the path are they where they're like, we've tried everything, this is just, you know. Dumb. Yeah,
1: I, I have had a couple who like, this is the last ditch. If yeah. you can't help us, then we're separating. That does put an awful lot of pressure on say, me. Yeah. It does put a lot of pressure on me. You most don't want to
0: know that. <laughs> ah, yeah,
1: yeah. And then then I, have, I kind of have to go down a slightly different path. So that's been the most extreme. And I must say at this point in time, they are still together. Awesome. I don't think we've actually fixed the money, but we've kind of you know, got a bit better on it. Um, and others just kind of go, so we're stuck we know we know we earn good money but we can't figure out why we can't progress forward and it's because they've got a communication gap going on yeah and and sometimes it is a you know they're not actually managing their money particularly well but usually 9 times out of 10 it comes down to communication
0: i was about to ask what's the main problem or thing that you see that you help them tidy up as such uh well there's
1: there's two things one is we haven't got a clue what we're doing with it. It comes in and goes out just as fast and we've got no idea where it's going in the middle. So that's the easy part to fix. That's the number crunching side of it. And the second part of it is we're actually not communicating effectively effectively about money. We might be talking about it. um, And it's it's so funny, I'll start working with clients, oh, we we never argue about money. And then by about session two or three, you start to see the little things coming up. And you go, ah, so you've been avoiding this. Or you actually have been, but you didn't realise that it was actually a little niggly thing that was going on. Yeah. So usually we'll find a little niggly thing that will be going on. It's a bit like the toothpaste thing, you know? Yeah. It's just a little niggly thing, but there'll be some other underlying, sometimes other underlying things going on in the money relationship that have led to that. And that's the little outcome of something way back here. Like, well, I think you spend too much or you waste money or, and, and all of a sudden it's like, where did that come from? Right now we know where we're headed. Yeah, yeah.
0: wow. Yeah, I think... The hardest thing for myself and my partner, I'm sure she won't um, mind me mentioning this, <laughs> we often talk about it, is that now that I've like learned to make a bit more money and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, I don't want to go down the traditional path of get a large income, you can borrow X amount, yes. great, you can have the amazing mm-hmm. home and then you're just paying off the mortgage yeah. for, but, oh, but that's what everyone does, it's amazing yes. and it works and yeah. the money devalues and stuff, I'm like... I know I've got it in me that if I wanted a $2 million property, say, I could figure out how to stack $2 million and pay off a $2 million home. Yep. I've got the education to do that. I literally yep. just have to do the doing. Might yep. take me ages. Might not even get there. Might be fucking hard. But... yeah, And we're walking um, Takapuna Beach the other morning, and I've have like a dream of I'd love to have a beach house at some stage. Yep. And now I'm like, man, these beach houses are probably $10 million. (laughs) Like when I had the dream, I didn't realize they were $10 million. I just kind of thought, surely um, a house doesn't cost that much. (laughs) Now I'm like, Oh, if you want to live on this beach, you need that amount of money to, to pay for that. And so, I said to her. She said to me, "Maybe one of those are our house." Yeah. And my brain goes to like, man, like I'm gonna have to build and sell a business to be (laughs) able to (laughs) to be able to freehold, pay that off. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know if I've got like, um, uh, maybe I do have it in me, maybe I don't. Um, Whereas, like for her, her brain's probably just going to. I don't even really know what that costs, but it'd be great to live yeah, there. Yeah, but it'd be nice to live there. Yeah. I'm yes. straight into like the practicality of how yep. can we own that freehold? Yes, <laughs> um, Yeah,
1: exactly. And that's just, again, the different ways of how we're wired, mm. which is, you know, as I said before, when you're going to have a money conversation, if you're the spreadsheet guy, please do not bring them out in the first meeting because yeah. you will just completely switch off and potentially, you know, alienate your partner because they'll feel silly because they're not spreadsheet orientated. So I, I love the concept on I talk to um, and also family around this whole idea of what I call the kitchen t- table conversation and that's where it doesn't necessarily have to be around a table but when you are in kitchen table conversation mode there is no blame nothing is dumb you just have a brainstorming session and it can be totally crazy um, and but at the end of it, you know, there is you can't judge each other for what it's a safe space to ask anything and talk about anything and 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 say anything that is on your mind that's in relation to money. Yeah. And when we're going through like now with the you know cost of living going up and all that sort of thing, I think everyone should be having tabletop conversations because we've got to brainstorm how are we going to manage this. Yeah. Um. And it's it's interesting, you know, when I when I do this with couples, again, one of them typically is the better money manager, and the other one's got a bit of a few ideas and thinking a few things but they don't want to say it because they think oh I'm just going to be poo-pooed but when I put it in the context of nothing's off the table let's talk about anything just dump some ideas down and we start to write stuff down, you get some really good little gems coming up because you think differently. That's why you're attracted to each other in the first place is quite often your opposites. Mm. So you're going to think differently about managing money. You're going to think differently about saving and spending. Um, so that's really cool. And if you've got children of an age, like if you've got teenagers, you should definitely be having a family tabletop discussion. Yeah. And you shouldn't be hiding the fact that right now we're, we're struggling a bit you know, with money, because they'll, first of all, they'll pick up on the anxiety, they'll pick up on the fact that mum and dad are stressed, and they probably want to be involved and they want to help. Yeah. How much you actually disclose about the financial situation is entirely down to your family, but you should be involving them in this tabletop discussion going, okay, the price of veggies is through the roof, what are we going to do? Mm. And, and one of my clients, they actually, when we were working together, um, I do this, uh, we called it a needs analysis. Anyway, they were off doing their needs analysis and they came back for the next session. I said, okay, so what did you learn? What happened? And they turned to me and they said, well, we're eating less sugar. And I went, okay, didn't see that coming. <laughs> Tell me more. So they had younger children and of course they had the reward thing for good behavior on so many stars and you got a treat. So they sat down with their kids and said, oh, we're doing this thing, you know, what do you think? And both kids said, we'd actually like to go to the park for half an hour with you. We would like time, not a sugary treat. Hmm. So just by even a little tiny conversation like that, they kind of figured out that what they thought their kids wanted was actually not what they wanted at all. They just oh. wanted 30 minutes at the park with mum and dad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think... Uh Teenagers are probably so much more in tune than what we realise to us. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. And,
1: and, and as you say, because they're online and they're reading and they're seeing things, um, they all have some amazing ideas. Um, I had one teenager who decided the way to help mum and dad out um, was she set up a little cupcake stall at school and she started selling cupcakes.
0: Yeah, far out.
1: And it was like, well, where did that come from, you know? So there's all sorts of cool things that you can do by just starting to open up the conversation. You don't have to go full disclosure or anything like that, but just open up the conversation a little bit in a safe, nothing's off the table, nothing's a dumb idea, we're not going to criticise, we're not going to blame, tell you off, just... What are your thoughts? Big sheet of paper, coloured pens and away you go.
0: So communication is probably our number one issue for all of us. There'll be people listening to this and they will be thinking, I need to have a conversation with X, Y or Z when I get home or in this next week or something. They know that they need to do it. What's the best way for them to, to approach that?
1: Okay. So first of all, a couple of don't do's do not derail your date night if you have a wednesday night date night don't suddenly turn it into a money date night because not a good idea you actually need to set it up in such a way that it is a specific time that you actually want to have a conversation about money so you need to prepare for it you need to actually let your partner know look i've i've got some, i have some concerns i have some things that i would like to share i might like your input from can we please sit down on Saturday morning and have a conversation about it. Yeah. Don't spring it on somebody. Okay. That would definitely end up in an argument.
0: What are the money avoiders going to do when they find out someone's got some concerns about money? They might move out. They're
1: going to freak out. <laughs> yeah. And this is why you have to say it's this is, it's kind of more about me. Yeah, I have yeah. some worries and I have cons- and 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 there's some things I'd like to share with you yeah. because, compared to um yeah. sorry
0: compared to I've got some concerns with your spending <laughs> exactly
1: exactly <laughs> never make it about them okay so, yeah no, okay so learn. yeah all right so so that's that's the kind of way and and give them time to have a freak out before you mm. sit down and have the conversation. and you've probably the next day will have to say okay are, are you feeling okay about this you know it's not I'm not going to get angry I just need to share some things that are worrying me and are keeping me awake at night yeah. because quite often the avoider doesn't know how much stress they're putting on their partner by not getting involved in the conversations. And I've seen that before. I've seen wives break down in tears because the husband has actually said, I'm so worried about money. And she's gone, but you've never said this to me. And she said, no, because you've never wanted to hear it. Yeah. And she's going, oh, I didn't know you were so stressed. So when you put it in that and say, look, this is I need some help and support here – if you've got a good, strong relationship, they will want to help and support. Yes, the thought that it's going to be a conversation about money is going to scare them, so it might be only 10 minutes.
0: Yeah. yeah. And the, just
1: keep it really low-key, low-key.
0: The amount of lads that I've met throughout my life who struggle to have conversations with their partner or significant other yeah. because when they've tried to be heard, yes. they have been met with defence. Yes. They just go, no point. no no point even trying anymore um it's it's easier like it turned into a shit storm yeah might as well just not even not even going to mention the next thing yes what do those people and equally no doubt this happens for for women as well right so like how do you um in those moments try and ask your partner can you please just like hear me here i just need you to yeah. to hear me and you don't need to defend, it's all good, just like what what's missing there?
1: Well, sometimes what's missing there is an element of trust maybe and maybe in the way that – because your tone is super important. I mm. mean if you go, hey, we need to have a conversation about money versus I'm not sleeping well at night, I'm really worried, can we please – can I please just share this with you? Yeah. And your typical blokey thing doesn't use that type of language. No. So they – it's almost they've got to kind of, <laughs> you know yeah. – step back a little bit and and be a, a little bit more vulnerable around how they language the fact that they want to start that conversation. And if it's like, we need to talk about money because you're spending too much, of course you're going to get the other person's back up. yeah, because sometimes it's actually not the case. Again, there's the stereotypical difference between men and women. Women tend to have a lot more transactions. Again, because quite often they do the bulk of the spending for the household, they do the bulk of the spending for the kids. So they will have a lot more transactions on their credit card or their F-Post card than you might because you're out at work all day and you might just buy a coffee and lunch. But then all of a sudden you'll rock up home with the new stereo system that's cost five grand.
0: Or went to a two grand stag do. Sorry. Yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) So again, this is the stereotypical behavior. Women spend... Uh, more low-value transactions, which stand out a lot more than the blokes who buy $2,000. <laughs> and then they've forgotten about it because yeah. they're still hung over from it you know, three years later <laughs> sort of thing. So, yeah. And those are the men-women differences. Okay. Those are the And so if he goes, well, you know, and then she turns around and said, well, you spent $2,000 on a stag night, and poof, away you go, and mm. you're inflamed, and, and away you go.
0: I guess yeah. the if we go back to the data at the start, right, is that yeah. 80% of relationships – uh, in well, can end up in trouble because of money. Yeah. So that that should be all each of us need if we really care about our partner. Yes. To to go, fuck! I need to decrease my probability. Yes. By making sure that I do some things differently to the eighty yeah. percent of the people. Right? Who can yeah. I learn from? Where are the twenty? Why have I never thought about this? Yeah. What information do I need? Yeah. 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 Powerful. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you uh, about some of these differences because ah. I did read an article uh, <laughs> recently and this is how we actually got in touch. Yeah. So I read this article and I thought, wow, this is fascinating. Um, and I noticed some people commented on this article too and they're a bit triggered about some they of the were, things. They were, not they? Wasn't yeah. that fun? <laughs> yeah. I thought, oh, wow, okay. But one thing that I learned that's really helped me over probably the last, I'm trying to think how long it's been, probably only the last five years is to like look down on things instead of being so triggered by what someone might be saying, just yeah. to be like, oh, what are they trying to say? Yes. Um, rather than being like, no, that is not what I believe, or yeah. you don't understand this, or whatever. And when I learned that, man, my life got so much easier. It. Yes. It's such a simple concept. But <laughs> yeah. I kind of thought about the same thing when I read this article, because I've right. tried to teach myself to go so like up and look down yes. rather than no, like disagree yeah. or, or whatever. But- mm. But one thing I did like that you, you had in here is that you literally addressed these people's objections before that even left them. So you said, here are a few differences that have been identified. Bear in mind that these are generalizations. <laughs> <laughs> so, so not every man or woman will fit nicely into these areas. So this was compiled by my mentor, um, psychiatrist, professional yeah, David, David Kruger. Kruger. Yeah. yeah. So the first one is men tend to view money as representing power and identity. Women view it as security and autonomy. Yes. Yeah.
1: Okay. So hunter-gatherer, you mm. know, the women stayed at home and looked after the family while the men went out and, uh, and killed the mower or whatever it was to come in and feed them. And mm. we really haven't evolved much further from that. So there's still, and there's some really interesting studies in that about attraction of women are attracted to men. Who have money and power? Yeah, um, yeah, it, yeah, it's still there. <laughs> it
0: <Yeah>. still happens. <laughs> and like, I think some people wouldn't like that because they would say, "No, but you know, I'm a I'm a woman, and I go out and I mm-hmm. earn more, or whatever." And like, yeah. those are those things we like, yeah, that's amazing. This is the world we live in now, where these yes. not all these things that are right. But this this was right, and um, and so my parents separated. But if I go one side of my family, um, exactly the same. Like the male would go mm-hmm. out and basically. Earn the money, etc. Yeah, and then the um, my mom would look after it, and then the same. There she learned that from her, yes. um, family as well. Yeah. But there were always times that they would do some form of work. Yeah. So I think like these things are not intended to offend people. No, it's you know? just
1: it's sadly how it is. And women who earn more than their partners, they have a higher breakup rate, mm. unless it's done actually properly. Because wow. because of the, the, you know, the self-esteem of the man and all of these I sorts see. of things. So, yeah, so certainly in the US, um, the research from out of there is, yeah, they break up more frequently where yep. the woman earns more.
0: Far out. There we go. I mean, I guess that, like, that makes sense to me because I yeah. think, yeah, some guys, their ego would be, yeah, yeah damaged by um, that. Yeah, so
1: if, you know, if the guy has suddenly been made redundant – um, there's a self esteem issue there and yeah. if they can't get another job and their wife suddenly becomes the breadwinner, there's a lot of resentment there unless they have the money conversation and all of that. But again she's probably protecting him because he's already down, so I'm not gonna do it and you yeah. just get into that that spiral. Yeah. You know? And then all of a sudden it's the relationship
0: that's the problem. Yeah. Not yeah. the actual Not the money. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. it actually is. <laughs> which it actually is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The next one says women investors are less aggressive, trade less and earn higher returns than men. Yes. This is fascinating. I, I read about this um, some some time ago about how women make amazing investors. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I know like in conversations I've had around crypto and just things where you're like, shit, there's a shiny object over that. Most of the time it's guys asking about it or, yeah. or wanting to do it. But yeah. equally, I wrote a money mail um, some time ago saying one of the reasons, not the reason, one of the reasons that... Uh men's Kiwi saver balances were higher than women's, was backed up by data that men would select a more aggressive approach because they're just yep. like, fuck it. I've yep. uh, 40 years, like I'll just, yeah, put it in the most yep. aggressive thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas women were like, hang on, I want to understand what these things are. Yeah. Yep. And they might not actually be in the correct allocation. And geez, did my inbox blow up from women yes. being like you do not understand, Luke. Our oh, mansplaining was one of the things I had to learn about and like all these different things. And I'm just like, but did you check where your KiwiSaver is allocated? And yes. a couple of them came back and they were like, wow, I actually, to, yeah, I've been in a cash fund. I've been in a balanced fund or something. Yeah, I, exactly. And I'm like, that's what the email was about. Yes. Not like… You know, nothing else. But yeah. it's funny how people will see what they want to see, yeah. And mm. when they're a little bit defensive or things like that,
1: yeah. And, and again, if you think again, um, when was it women were allowed to have their own bank accounts in the sixties? Yeah, So if you only got to have your own bank account and still, you know, as soon as you got married, everything you had became your husband's and you didn't get it back, we're a bit behind in this whole investing thing. And I think it's so cool that, uh, you know, women like Simran are out there Mm. talking to young women and getting them and saying, you can do this. It's just learning. Uh, And um, Natalie, who's one of the co-founders from Hatch, I heard her speak and she said, we basically need to teach women that investing is as easy as going and buying shoes. And that's not being derogatory or anything like that. That's just how it is because we can be very good money managers. We just haven't been taught or shown how to invest because historically that's been the prerogative
0: of the the man. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I read Girls That Invest and that's what I actually- Great book. Yeah. I love it. And I actually suggest, to some woman to read that who yes. they come to me for resources. And I'm like, because you're not going to believe me. And no. like, I'm cool with that. I don't yeah. like, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. I look at myself as like an everybody's person, but I know sometimes, because I've been there in life where you're like, mm. nah, no, nah, I need to learn from the same profile so that I can yeah. just convince myself that it is possible. And one of the coolest things I took out of that book was basically that women are better investors. Yes. And I'm like, sweet. If I were a woman reading that book, I would be like, fuck, that is the one piece of data that I needed yep. to be like, I'm on the train. Yes. And yep. I'm going to knock this out of the park.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and what's even better too now is there is a lot more women financial advisors as mm. well. Whereas maybe 15, 20 years ago, they weren't. Yeah. And so, you know, you go in there, oh, the little woman's come in sort of, you know, it was, it was terrible. The attitude just wasn't good. Yeah. So that would put a lot of women off as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm okay. sure, or well, I hope we're making progress. <laughs> on, <in laughs> that well, area, definitely, but, yeah. definitely progressing. Yeah. The
0: next one is um, men invest it to grow principle. Women want to protect it.
1: Yes. Yeah. So again, that's that security thing, yeah. you know. Um, we we like to have the nest egg, and we like to know that we're going to be safe in our retirement and secure in retirement. Whereas, you know, men are pre- prepared to take a bit more risk.
0: Um, roll the dice. Roll the dice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? Oh, I could tell you a lot of things that have gone wrong for me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to, to back that up, um, <laughs> women worry about losing money more than doing nothing with it. Men don't like inaction. Yeah. I fight with this all the time. Like I have money sitting in the bank account, and mm-hmm. I log in, and my brain is like, do something with it. Yes. Like, hurry up, deploy it. I look Why at it as it ammunition. There? Why is it sitting there? Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. that's ammunition. It could be shot. Like, yeah. fire it at something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do it, Luke. Yeah. And then yeah. I'm like, no, you've done that before. Um, yeah. 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 So that, that's quite funny, that one. But women worry about losing money more than doing yeah, nothing. So other.
1: they'll 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 kind of sit and leave it in the bank account, earning one yeah. percent, rather than maybe making a mistake and losing some
0: of it. Yeah, I see.
1: Yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. So until they they have that confidence and certainty around what they're going to do, they'll tend to leave it somewhere safe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next one says men orientate towards results. Women put a higher priority on relationships. What does that mean?
1: Um, we'll sit down and have a lovely discussion about you, what we're thinking about doing with our money and do you think it's a good idea and is this going to be okay, honey? Yeah. Guys, just go and do it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Women tend to take it. Oh, i got to laugh at this when I tell you a story after. Women tend to take it personally if they lose investment money. Men tend to blame external factors, e.g. the market, the broker, etc. <laughs> i got a good story for you. This is so bad. I was telling my partner about a stock that I was putting money into and it was going quite well. And she was like, she got a bit of the FOMO and put a bit of money in. And then we never spoke about it again. But I'd read I kept close to it. I was like, oh, it went into a sheer trading halt. Um, And basically, someone brought it up. Actually, her sister, when she was around for dinner, she was like, oh, shit, like we can't access that money. eh? It's in a halt. I was like, yeah, it's been in a halt for about a year. And my partner was like, what, what do you mean? Uh, and I was like, yeah. And when it comes out of that hole, we're probably going to lose most of that money. And she was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and not very impressive. me. She's like, you always give me these shit stock tips. Um, and I like really got about it. I'm trying to explain to her, I'm like, I've got, I'm losing more than you are. Yeah. I didn't yep. know this was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> how, did, how did you not know about this? I feel like we spoke about this. So you did not tell me about this. Um, so that one, yeah.
1: Yeah. So that resonated as well. Then. Yes, <laughs> yes for sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I think when I read these, it's like, that's me. Tick, tick, tick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, men view effective money management in terms of long-term strategies, e.g. retirement. Women look at shorter-range goals, e.g. finding bargains, eliminating debt.
1: Mm, yeah again it's that security thing yeah um one of the uh one of the things that the the most important thing you need to do is to answer a question and remind me to come back to that point when we've finished this yep. a, yeah yeah mm. so again it's all about security yeah
0: okay and then the next one is oh just on that like i think yeah. i'm futuristic so i going back to having conversations about money one of the things that i've enjoyed with talking about money with clients so on a business side is if I can get them excited about their future yes. yeah. then mm. it becomes less emotional it's kind of like well you're going to need money to do that let's explore where That's that right. can come from yes. you could borrow yeah. it you could make it you can yeah. stack it like how are we going to do that and then yeah. it's you're yeah, not as and often having a meeting with a client where they might be in business with their partner um, or need to involve their partner or mm. even two business partners and they come from completely different money backgrounds but there must be something about getting, like if we can think about the future, yeah. that must be good for us too in some of those conversations. yeah,
1: Oh, it definitely is. And again, the same thing with couples. You might have the same goals but on a different time frame. Yeah. So it's like, does travel or baby come first? And you might go, oh, yeah, we're going to travel. And the one's going, but we're going to have the baby first, aren't we? But they haven't had that conversation. Yeah. So it never quite happens because they're on different time frames. They both want baby and travel but not necessarily in the same order, for yeah. example.
0: Yeah, my brain goes into those things, like real practical, okay, like what things do we need to get in place and like where Mm. would it be and uh, Mm. what age would it need, this sort of area and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, The last one, if a man earns more than his wife, he thinks he should have the prime decision-making authority. Mm -hmm. If the other way around, the wife thinks of shared democratic decision-making.
1: Yeah, so this is the same typical thing where the wife will earn more. She'll still go... And talk about or try and talk about it and and share and things like that, where men tend to still just have the bank account and maybe not put all of the money into the joint funds and all of those sorts of things because it's it's my money, whereas we tend to go, it's our money.
0: Guys, guys, guys. I know, you're terrible.
1: (laughs) Why we put up with you, I don't Uh, know. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Look,
0: look, fair enough um you said to bring you back to the point oh, about yes. answer the yes yeah.
1: okay so one of the most important questions you need to answer when it comes to money and it's always it's the first thought that comes in, into your mind so if i asked you the question money means to me what's the first word that comes into your head
0: Shit! I was going to no, say you it. can't. That's oh, not. Oh, sorry. The- <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a question for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's. A, haven't okay. heard that one before. <laughs> <Okay>.
1: <laughs> no, so that's you know, money means to me. What is it? What is the word that comes into your head? Yeah. The first word that comes into your head, because that word uh, impacts every decision you make, not just financial, but every decision that you make. So, quite often, when I ask that question for women, it is security. Mm. So we do decisions about everything that wraps around that term security. For for, for some people, it's freedom.
0: Oh, yep, that's a goodie.
1: Okay, so freedom. So yeah. what is what is freedom? So if you've got someone whose prime word is security, with a person whose prime word is freedom. So security means, yeah, I want to have a good job, I need to have a nice stable home, la da 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 And freedom's going, oh, yeah, well, we're going to quit my job and, and travel, the year, travel the world for a year, and your partner's a security person. How do you navigate that thing? Because it yeah. impacts every single decision. So understanding what money means to you will give you a huge insight into how you think aside from all your behaviours. That's probably the first psychology question is always, what does money mean to me?
0: That's a really good one for all of us individually to think about, it. Yeah,
1: what does money mean to me? Mm. Because And then you'll think about, so if money means to me freedom, what are some of the decisions that I've made? And, and is freedom part of those decisions? And, and quite often the freedom one means that we do make dumb mistakes, we do do silly things because we're aiming for whatever freedom actually yeah. means to us. You know, another one, and, and again you see this a lot in separated couples, where money means love. So you've got one party, the guilty one for whatever reason, showers gifts and replaces love with money. And we use gifts and all of those sorts of things to try and buy love. Oh, I see. Yeah. So there's yeah. all sorts of meanings around what does money mean to me? Hmm.
0: Is that to try and get their partner back if they've separated or is that even in their next relationship?
1: Sometimes it's to get the partner back. Sometimes it's to get the kids on side. Sometimes it's just, I'm really sorry, I'm not here for you anymore, so I'm going to spend lots of money on you to try and compensate. So there's lots of reasons that they will do that sort of thing. Um, But, yeah, so if money means love, then you're going to live your life in a very different way than someone who says money means security.
0: I think... As well, I'd imagine everyone would have a different definition of freedom of course, or love yeah. or yeah, uh, security, whatever yeah. it is. Right? So
1: it will show up in many different ways. But if you understand what that kind of core thing is, you can go, well, generally security looks like this. Yeah. Generally freedom looks like this. Generally power looks like
0: this. Mm.
1: Where do I sit within that and how do I fit with the decisions that we're trying to make about not just money but about life in general as yeah. well?
0: So going back to those differences, I think yes. like for me when I read something like that um you know it gives you a bit of an insight as to which way like do you or do you think you do or do you think that you're you're mm. not like that um for instance and instead of being triggered by it or because I actually read someone in a comment was basically like oh I don't have any issues with um my partner in terms of finances whether that's true or not we don't know but yeah. they were like I kind of actually lean more to – I'm a male, but I lean more into to the, being, To the female. Yeah. yeah and, so, it,
1: and that's great because mm. these are generalisations. Exactly, and they're not yeah. going to fit everybody, and everybody doesn't fit into this box. So yeah. I, I saw that comment too, and yeah. I, there was a few sort of angry ones underneath I think, weren't there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I think it just highlights how different we are, right? And what yeah. I actually read in this article um, after, I was fascinated by, and basically – It said, in 2007, Leonard Sachs, a psychologist Ah, and family doctor, released his research, which included compiling the uh, research results of others. This is a snippet of his findings. As part of a behavioral study into newborns, the babies were placed in their cots, where a woman was on one side of the cot, and on the other side was a revolving mobile. The study found that every newborn boy looked at the mobile, and the girls looked at the woman. Yeah. (laughs) That implied that from day one of life, we are hardwired.
1: Yeah, amazing. Is a isn't a it? mobile phone, or no, no, one of those. You obviously don't have children. It's, <laughs> it's one of those rigid. little things that hangs over the cot and spins, and it might have little toys or I was little thinking, things on it. Yeah. What no. a weird study <laughs> to do. <laughs>
0: okay, so, so like a toy. That, yeah,
1: like a toy that hangs over a cot to help a baby go to sleep. So sometimes they are like little carousels, and they have little toys, and and they rotate or they do things. Yeah.
0: So the lads are basically like, oh, oh staring so, at oh, it. Oh,
1: what's going on Oh, that looks interesting. And the girls are going, oh, where's mum? Yeah. 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 Wow. So, yeah, so, I mean, this is, again, because the whole premise of that sort of study was, is this learned behavior or is it or is it innate? Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and it's been interesting because, of course, since then there's been a lot of other research and some people have tried to debunk it and some people have gone, actually, no. So it's yeah. always interesting when you look at research. But I actually just, whether it's been debunked, I just found that really interesting.
0: So, Yeah, so did I. That really yeah. stuck out for me. I think... Um, the way that I look at, at a lot of these things, say if I go back to that KiwiSaver example, mm. I really like using this one because I often see people that are really upset about how men's KiwiSaver balances mm. are, are higher than women, for instance. Yes. And now we're doing some things to close that gap. And I always yep. come back to action. Yes. So I'm like, cool, if you're going to be pissed off by that, then do something. Yeah, and like what are you going to do in your household? Like how are you going to have that yeah. conversation with your partner, for instance? Mm-hmm. or Like what are you going to do instead of just, Being like, someone will come along and fix this. Because the thing that I think that made me even more conscious of this is that I googled what um, Australian superannuation balances were. Because they're so much further down the path, right? Yeah. And the gap between men and women over there is massive again. And you kind of go, ah, so it's probably not as simple as just like, we're not going to just be able to solve that. No. But if we're really concerned by something around money, I'm always like, okay, then what are we going to do about it? That's like, right, exactly. You know, like, like you start yeah. individually. Yeah,
1: and yeah. and this is the whole thing. It does come down to the individual mm. because we can, as we said before, we can only control what's in our own backyard and what's in our own bank account. Yeah. Um, we can't control, and if we sit there and wait for legislation or whatever, we're probably going to miss the boat. <laughs> yeah. Um, because we all know, we all know why. Um, but Mm. it's up to the individuals to to do something about it and recognise some of these patterns of behaviour and recognise the stereotypes and where we've come from. I mean, when I was growing up, you know, um, thinking of careers and things like that, you know, Dad said to me, go and marry a rich farmer. You know, that was his solution. That was my financial plan, (laughs) marry a rich farmer. So I went off and became an accountant. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's
0: funny though, you you do, like you you hear those things or whatnot, but you know that, people are serious at, at yeah. times as well yeah. Yeah. yeah but yeah i think there'll always be differences right between men yes. and women and and whatever gender um in this day and age but it's basically like okay cool acknowledge that but then go back to what is it that you want to achieve? Well, then what am I doing to Mm. take action to actually ensure that I can get closer towards that?
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, the other thing is that, that I love to get couples to do is towards the end of sort of when we've got plans in place and we've got savings and all that sort of thing happening is like, okay, so what's the vision for your relationship? And they mm. look at me and they go, "What is a vision for our relationship?" And I'm going, "Well, what do you want it to stand for? What do you want it to be? How do you want your relationship to be right now?" And they go, "What about money?" I go, "No, no, this is about life. You've sorted out the money. So now, what does your future look like? And how are you going to take all of this and apply it into your future and into your life?"
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and that's really exciting. And that's when you know when you've got this money stuff sorted. The world, it just opens up everything. The world's your oyster. Yeah. There's literally no holding you back. When you're on the same page, you're communicating well, and you know what's going on. Then go and live your vision.
0: Love it. A good place to finish up. Uh, thank you again. This has been a fascinating dive into <laughs> the differences um, in you know men and women, but also just money and relationships. And I think something that everybody will struggle with at some stage mm-hmm. because we all just come from such different – Money backgrounds, upbringings, different belief systems—all those types of things. So I think the more that we can just accept that it's it's okay, like yeah. to be different. Yes. You know what yeah. can we learn more about it just to get us a little bit closer to it? Then yeah. that gives us maybe an unfair advantage over other people that that yeah. don't want to.
1: Exactly. Yeah. We might
0: be able to de-stress some of the things that we're worried about. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, how can people find? bit more of your content if they want to
1: um just go to the website moneymentalist.com lots of resources there there's some ebooks there's the book uh how you can work with me if you want to come and work with me so yep and you can also um book a, a complimentary call with me as well if you want to have a chat about something Brilliant. so i make myself as easily available as possible
0: awesome well thank you again for your time linda oh
1: it's my my pleasure this has been fun <laughs> awesome